Welcome back to the Small Business PR Podcast, where we make PR accessible, and oftentimes we interview some of the most sought-after journalists to debunk what PR is and isn't so that small businesses can get featured. So this is part two of a two-part episode with Amy Goodman, a nationally recognized TV correspondent, broadcast journalist. You might have seen her on the morning shows, the really famous one, Good Morning America, and so many more. Part one, which was the episode before this, we talked about general pitching approach, right? How to connect with journalists. This part, which is part two, is going to be all about about the timing. So if you ever wanted to pitch for gift guides or thought about when was the best time to pitch for seasonal stories, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Do you think that's pretty much like the only thing we can do? Because like we don't have a crystal ball to know what your editor is going to say, right? Right. And you know, when you say, I know you're very good with the subject headers and like pitching for a season or pitching an idea. If I like a product, I'm going to actually try to find a space for it. So again, I resend the email to myself. I put the header of what I'm thinking it for, and then I put it into a folder. Do you know how many folders I have on the side? I have things from pride to pets to babies. I've got gadgets. I've got techie gadgets. I have kids fashion. I have kids fashion back to school supplies. I was pitched baby bottles for Father's Day. They said fathers love to connect with their babies by feeding them. This is not the type of product I'm looking for Father's Day, nor do I think a father would enjoy receiving a baby bottle in a box that says, I love you, dad. Right? It's not. It's not. So the, the pitch was misplaced. But I thought, okay, well, baby bottles go on those in the baby folder. And if there's something interesting about this baby bottle, then I will think about it for that. Not for this, but for that. I don't have time to actually respond to the person who pitched to say, this is not good for this, but I'm thinking about it for that. So actually that's been happening with a number of my Father's Day pitches. I'm thinking, oh, this would be great for a summer roundup. I call it the summer fun folder. <laughs> summer fun, summer fun, summer fun. I almost have a complete segment to pitch for summer fun right now. Again, I don't have time to get back to the owners about I'm doing this because I'm actually working on the Father's Day segment. So, so you know, it's a matter of time management. But when you pitch me a good pitch and I like a product, and you can pitch it multiple times wearing like a chameleon of different colors. This is for Father's Day. This is for the beach. Or this is a really great item for parents from back to school. If I still like the product, it's already been put in that folder. So you're good, so to speak. Oh, Amy, what I would not do to get into your inbox and just look at all of your folders. <laughs> <laughs> I had one that was like summer scent. And my producer loved it. And then she came back. I guess she got feedback. She goes, we don't have smell vision I'm like, that's true. Oh, but I loved it. I had products that smelled like papaya. I had something coconut thing that you could eat. I had all the different scents of summer. I even had like a palm leaf scent. I still love it. I think that segment can live on somewhere else. <laughs> and and you don't even know what your editors love. So it's all very subjective. Oh the my point gosh. of this yeah. is to say, and what I teach in my PR program is the hat's open, you guys. Mm -hmm. Just put your name in it. Because if you don't even put your name and you're like, oh, I can't pitch this. You're just cutting yourself out of the race and people are going to just put themselves in there. So I love how you just affirmed that we have to, as small businesses, just pitch anyway and yeah. just get over the fear of pressing send because you never know when you're going to go back to one of your folders and you're going to say, hey, are you still there? We'd love to cover this. And that is an absolute life-changing opportunity for a business. Oh, for sure. And also the converse of that. Maybe I'm like suddenly got booked something and something lands on my inbox and I'm like, you have no idea. Your timing is impeccable. Yes. So again, so much of it is the hard work and 
Thank you for putting the hard work in your words. Thank you for putting together a concise pitch. Thank you for your links. Thank you for your pictures. And then the rest is timing. And it's not necessarily even something that I have control of. It's what I'm booked for. And I both do a balance of both pitching myself out for segments, but also now I have regular producers who will come to me. You know, they can rely on me. And I want to say that goes also, and it extends to you, that same thing, the reliability, right? So I am asked to do a lot of work, a very diverse work and very like all over the map work in some shows I'm known for DIY. In other shows, I'm known as the green cleaning expert. In other shows, I'm known for style. In other shows, I'm known for product roundups. I mean, it's really funny, but they can call me in a moment's notice or with a super long lead and they know I will deliver. And again, every segment has to be better. So they know I'm going to bring it and I'm going to do it better. Right? Please think and adopt this concept, this mentality, also this mindset for yourself when you're pitching. Because if I know that I can rely upon you, if I get like a last minute assignment, who do I reach out to? I reach out to a very small select group of people that I know deliver time and time again. They know I'm going to need overnight shipping. I'm going to need detailed information about the product. And they'll give it quickly, concisely, and without questions or pushback. Yep. I mean, That's one- the kind of person you want to be, like a, a resource, like a really, really reliable resource. Exactly. Once you're in, there's no limit to the amount of times that you'll go back to that source. So to me, it's a worthwhile thing to build a relationship. I'd rather do that than dance and make Instagram reels that get no reach. (laughs) Well, if you go to my Instagram, you'll realize there is a place for Instagram reels too. And you never know who's watching for sure. But yes, no, it's it's a good balance. I think it's a very important balance to do a little bit of social too. And, and also yeah. obviously to develop those. those well, it's not 30 million people, at least not for me. What <laughs> I would rather do is, is have you cover something on like the Today Show and then we can take mm-hmm. clips and put that on social media. But that, you know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. start with social media is what I'm saying. Like that's not the foundation. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've given us so many things. Now I want to just break apart everything that you said, because we're all about showing, not just telling, right? So mm-hmm. show us how it's done, right? Tell us about the timeline. Let's say I make a body serum right? Mm -hmm. And it has many different properties. When do I pitch that if I want to get into Mother's Day versus when I want to get into like Q4, like holiday season? Like what does that timeline look like? So it's different for different media. So because I used to work in magazines and for those that are still around in existence, we used to work anywhere from three months to six months in advance on certain topics. So in December, when the December issues would hit the stands, we're looking at swimsuits, sarongs, beige towels, beach games. We're already in summer like late spring, early summer. So it can be anywhere from three months is the minimum, minimum three months. And you know, you increase your chances, the more you step back, if you get a four month lead, a five month lead, and but no more than a six month lead, it just depends. And like, you know, gift guides, some magazines would start in July, no exaggeration. So literally six months in advance. So that's for like magazines and print TV pitching, there's going to be a range on this. I know that you had a podcast in February, where the expert said, you know, a month, a month before Mother's Day. A month before Mother's Day, I was done with Mother's Day. So for me, it's two months, two months for TV. Father's Day, I think what? I still have the month of May and it's in June. So yeah, I'm about a month and a half out. But that's, like I said, I have back to school booked already and that's in August. So I've already got my light feelers out for back to school because with the luxury of time, I can make it the better bestest segment ever. I know there's no such superlatives, but 
I'm always trying to outdo myself, right? So yeah, I say for TV, give it two solid months. There's no reason to wait, like I'll get a 30 day lead when a lot of those spaces might already be occupied. Like you don't want to miss the boat. What about today's show? Don't you do like last minute things or it's already all your guests are booked? Well, it depends on the hour. Every hour has different producers that feed into it. And so I was just asked to do a segment next week and I had to turn it down because it's a conflict of interest with another segment I have in the same week. So yes, sometimes segments are more like have a shorter lead. But if it's not like necessarily news related, like Pantone's color of the year, and then maybe they forgot to book it or something, and then they need you to whip something together once the color comes out, unless it's something like that. No, I have I have a producer, I should say, who has like a longer lead time for that. Because I think mostly what we're looking for is like searchable online magazines. And so like online, the digital space, the lead times are much shorter. So that would be the shortest end of it could be anywhere from like, literally, you could a week to two weeks, it just depends on how those editors work. And I have worked for our verticals before where I was working more on that kind of timeline where you could pitch me within a week and I could still get it into a digital print. And also, yes, the converse of the long lead in television, because I'm lifestyle, I'm not news. So is that you might get a segment, you have a week to put it together and you're scrambling kind of thing. And again, who am I calling? I'm calling people that are trusted sources. Yeah, I love that. So we also had quite a few people talk about gift guides because we have a lot of product makers in our program as well. Mm Good news that it you can still pitch last minute because there's a whole thing on last minute gift guides too, right? You can pitch like a week before Christmas. But I want to reiterate for those that are listening, if you are pitching a gift guide, do put the price point in there so that you know if it's like an under 50 or if it's a luxe gift, put in the shipping, right? Like how many days? So what about like samples or promos or discounts? How do you put that in the pitch? So well, that's two prong. So people are actually starting to pitch me Memorial Day. I just saw some of those in my inbox this morning. And if you're like a shopping expert or you're a deals expert, or you're pitching to these experts, then, you know, of course, they want to hear about the deal. In my case, it's not necessarily such a big deal, no pun intended. And actually, sometimes I'm not my producer prefers that I don't mention any kind of like deal on air. Promo codes are difficult also to share on air. So it's a matter of legal and all that stuff has to be approved by legal on my end. So usually I don't even get there until maybe actually I'll book a product, book a given item that's already been approved. My run list is solid. It's done. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, well, we would love to give your viewers a discount. Then I have to, I'm like, okay, well, give me the discount. We'll see what we can do. Sometimes it's only shared in the online story. If I'm allowed to say it verbally on air, then then it's a go. But that, that all depends. Yes. What about samples? I actually prefer, and I'm known for this, is not to accept samples unless I have a place for it. That's simply because I have limited space in my house. I'm also super Asian, modern minimalist, and I don't like to acquire things. And I feel terrible if I accept something and I can't find a place for it. It's like my Asian guilt factor. Even though I make it very clear that I I never guarantee placement, it just still, it just, it rides me too much. I can't deal with it. So I actually prefer not to receive samples unless I'm pretty serious about what I'm moving forward with and I need to pre-test it before it goes national. Oh, I love that because I think a lot of the, how do I say, pseudo journalists slash influencers are, they just want free product, but they're never going to write. And I think they kind of taint the environment for all of us, right? Because you're someone mm-hmm. that's saying, I don't really like samples, but then we have other people who are asking for samples. And I always tell my PR students, like, you should never have to give something away for free to be for it to be featured because that, mm-hmm. that technically is not editorial, then it becomes advertising, right? Then it's kind of pay to play. So I love how you validated that it's not a 
requirement. But can they mention it in the email like as an option? Oh, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I'll have people on the follow up say like, okay, well, let me know where I should send this. And I'm like, oh, and I'll always be very clear. I am like, I actually prefer to have placement for this before I accept. Thank you. The only I just wanted to preface, it's not really a requirement, but there are some avenues of reporting where you actually do have to like call everything in, in order to kind of know whether this is a product that works really well. I'm thinking a little bit more like in the beauty areas, especially with skincare, body care, those kinds. Sometimes you have to call in everything in order to like see if it's going to be something that viable that you can work with. And testing does take time. They might have limited staffs or whatever. And there's only so many parts of the body you can test all at the same time. So there, you know, there's certain industries and certain avenues of reporting that actually really do need to always call in products. So I just wanted to make that one note. There's, it seems like there's an exception for every rule and everybody's different. You know, there's other people just like me who love samples. So it just really, it really depends. Yeah, I love that. So now that we know that we have to do the price point, we have to talk about shipping samples, not really a requirement for gift guides. Is there anything else specifically for a gift guide that my audience should know when pitching for a gift mm, guide? Yeah, I would just say again, start early. I start to see a holiday gift guide pitches as early as usually August. Like don't necessarily feel like you have to wait to pitch. And then again, like you say, there might be last minute scramble, but because the holidays are like probably the number one shopping days of the year. Increasingly, I don't really see editors and I don't really see producers waiting to book these items or to complete their run list. It seems like it's earlier and earlier. And I always know if I have holiday segments by basically September, there's different booking producers for different things, but sometimes there'll be a designated producer for just all the holiday content for like a given hour of a show. And so that could be done as early as September. So for TV, they should be looking to pitch not the director, not the anchor, would it be the booking producer or what's the title, the right title of the person? So that's really difficult to say. Sometimes it's like a senior producer level. Booking producers are usually dealing with high level talent, more like celebrity level. And then I really want to be clear that if you're doing a book, you need to find the person who handles books. There's always a producer who only handles books. I get pitched a lot of books. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't place books. I don't usually, I rarely have a book like in my lineup of products. I'm like, you need to speak with the person, actually books, just the authors, because that person is very busy actually speaking with publishing houses as well as independently published authors too. Mm. So it's a matter of kind of hit or miss. I would always say definitely associate producer level. And then usually it's the senior producer level that has designated senior producers or handled for booking. It's kind of fair game to at least try and just always ask, are you the right person for this pitch? You know, do you handle booking product? And they'll, they'll let you know. Yeah. I love that. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. So let's say mm-hmm. somebody listened to this podcast, took my PR advice, they pitched. What happens next? If you like the pitch, let's go through the timeline, like from pitch to actual interview. So if I actually, if I'm liking something, it made it into my folder and then I'm pitching a segment with the final product. I want to be super transparent on what that product is like, because I also want to talk about not only getting booked, but also what happens after you get booked, which is really, really important. And we often only talk about the front end and we never talk about the back end. Let's say it makes it into my run, my initial run list. This is just a draft of up to 40 to 50 products for a given segment of a given theme. Then I'll send it off to my producer. They either as a team or one single producer will narrow down that list to their top six to seven products out. When I get that final list, I'm green to go. And I have, I've been doing this a while. So I have a very, very detailed pull request that has all the information you could practically know. It will even tell you what time to go to the bathroom. So it's, it'll give you the information of when the show is, 
how many quantity I need of a product. I confirm the exact product, the link and everything. And then I'm very specific with my pools. So I'll be like, I need two purple ones. I need two pink ones. I need two orange ones. I need two green ones. If this is your first time, like do not be overwhelmed by the quantities that might be requested because not only do we need ones for front display on countertop, but we might also need ones to open, to test, or if it's a food item to have in the back for hosts to sample should they wish. If it's something we have to prep, we need one set to prep and one set to be the what's called the beauty or the display item. So if you are asked in your small business and they're like, okay, well, we need 10 of these and they cannot be returned, please do not be overwhelmed because it's still an amazing opportunity that we need these quantities for a very specific reason. By the way, also, if I request 10, please don't decide to send five because then I just need to come back to you and ask for the other five. My producer is annoyed. The props person is annoyed. The art director person is annoyed. We're all annoyed. So if I ask for something specific, it's usually for a very specific reason. And that just recently happened in a segment. I'm like, why did you only send like half what we requested? And they said, oh, this just seemed like a lot. And I'm like, I'm going to need the other half. And now you're going to need to express send it, which is an additional cost. Like I totally get it. It's like, so everything's like, so crazy, right? And it's expensive. But they just made more work for everybody, including themselves by not doing what was on the requested list. And you can Oh, by the way, I always encourage asking questions like ask questions if you like don't understand why something is written on there. Sometimes there's a digital story after the you know, that's tied to the segment. Sometimes there isn't. And actually, that's not something that's under my control. And I make that very clear also. And then I request tracking information, which regardless of whether you've shipped it, regardless of whether it has arrived, I still need the tracking information. Like the buildings that these products are going to are massive. And there's more than just that show at these buildings. And sometimes even though the product has arrived, it gets lost in the building. So it's very obvious reasons why. And this is something that I wanted to talk about, like the back end. There's two specific things I want to talk about on the back end. When I send you the, the golden ask, that's like, I'm so excited to pull your product for this national television show. It's a beautiful moment for me. It's a beautiful moment for you. And I'm as excited for you as if it were my first segment. I'm not exaggerating. Like I get it. I get it. And in your response to me, the first sentence and the second sentence and the third sentence should not say, I have five other products that would be so amazing for this segment. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I understand that there is so much excitement and you think, oh, the door has opened and now I need to shove more products in this. So when I'm coming to you with an ask, my run list is closed. Every other slot has been filled. And most likely I have actually looked at all those other products that you have in your lineup. And this is the one that has been selected. So, mm. and this happens not just from independent owners. I don't mean it's actually publicists who have other clients and they're like, I have three more great products for this segment. And I'm like, that was actually not the right answer. I would love to say I want to share the hope and the joy and all those things of that first moment. And like the thank you needs to come first, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Or like the, whatever, whatever your emotions are, like, please put those down first. It's a very strange feeling that happens to me when I get that email. That's like, I have five other great products. I have four other vendors. I have three more products you need to look at. And then they go to pitch and it's, it's not a slap in the face. That's not what I mean, but it's like a tap on the fingers to me. And I'm just yeah. like, what just happened? Like, because you're one out of six, that's really one out of 50 that was selected for this segment. And it's hard for me to create that space for you. And I hope that we can appreciate this moment and like as a joyful win for both of yeah. us, right? 
And then the gratitude is, goes for miles and miles. I can't, I can't even tell you. Because these editorial segments, I'm not getting paid by anybody. The show's not paying me. Products cannot pay me to be on. That's actually illegal, by the way. And it's an FTC regulation that if you are paying me to be on, then that's then sponsored. And it's my responsibility as a journalist to disclose that relationship. So that was one big thing. And I can't remember what the other thing was now, but I... I had another question. So so let's say they get on, right? I'm assuming a lot of times they're not actually in the studio with you. Like you're just describing it. So do they write out like a whole like narrative about the product and what you should say? Or you get on the phone and ask them and then you craft your own presentation about it? So everybody's different, right? Some people might ask you for what are called talking points. Can you please send me some talking points about the product, which would be the full description you have on your website, any backstory about yourself and creating your company, anything that would make this, you know, meaningful for for you. In addition to reiterating the price point, the direct web link to product and any high res photos that we might use for a blog story or that today show might use for today.com or whatever show it is that they might actually post on their own digital web story. So that part is good to have at the ready. I tend to already have all that information because I've already pitched you to my producers. I'm very, very thorough in my reporting, but every reporter is different. Some will request talking points, some won't. What's very important for you to know is that I'm actually not hired by you to read a script on air when I go on sharing your product. And I know that you want me to say certain things. And I know that there are certain things that are very, very important that you want me to push out. But you have to trust that the most important part of your story will absolutely rise to the top because I do a lot of research. And in the moment, I actually prepare probably 200% and I use what, 8% live on air. So if you know, when I'm talking, I actually am unscripted. I'm well versed and well practiced, but I am unscripted. And depending on what the host is asking me, that's how I will respond. And I do have publicists that are like, okay, well, here's your script. And I'm like, it, do- it doesn't really work that way. But every, you know, every brand has an agenda. And I understand the pressure that publicists can be under as well. So I accept the talking points, but then from there, I have to craft it as, as my out of my own words, because it really is my editorial means that it's my opinion. In my opinion, these are the best products within this given category to recommend to you. So it has to be my words. Yeah. And then just enjoy like the influx of attention and credibility. I mean, that's like they've already made it. So I think a lot of yeah. people tend to worry about problems when they really should just be celebrating the fact that they like made it on national TV. It's incredible. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about whether it's product owners or maybe non-product owners? What about like founder stories, people without a product? Like, is there a way that they can get on? And do you have any tips about that? Oh, definitely. Increasingly, you know, watch programs and see what type of category of programming you fall into. And that's very important. You know, you've got to watch a couple episodes before you pitch yourself for a given show. But, you know, there's always founder stories. They're like, she made that. She did it, you know, like different. And it's not just female. It could be women. It could be they, them. And, you know, pitch yourself for those particular segments as like a founder story. Maybe it's like a production type of story or what have you. So there's lots of entrepreneurial highlights in different shows. And it's just, please, please, please just make sure you watch the tenor of the show so that you can have your pitch match the voice of what they're already looking for. But yeah, there's increasingly seems like more opportunities than ever to be able to share your story and your journey on the airwaves or digitally. Oh, I love that so much. I could talk to you for hours and you could do a whole like (laughs) masterclass. Before we go, are there any other tips on connecting, follow up or something that you're noticing that's working really well for founders to get into your inbox? Yes, I think that talk a lot about the development of the relationship with journalists and writers. And you know, we're people too. And like I said, I turn back to the people that I have developed relationships with, even as brief as they might be any any way that you connect. These are the people I turn back to time and time again. And there's a reason for that. 
when you get to know my beats, which I'm sorry, I'm a general reporter. So there's many beats that I cover. Yeah. You, you get to know my beats. You get to kind of know the content. You kind of get to know the feel of what I look for. In the same regard, I follow you when you develop a new product. And I follow you when you get your first storefront. Or I follow... Actually, I'll be featuring next week a store that I wandered into just kind of like after the major crisis of the pandemic. My family went to Hawaii. I saw this really beautiful mm -hmm. store. I'm like, oh my gosh, these bags are totally amazing. Little did I know that they had just opened not that long ago and that it's a female owned business. They're both native Hawaiian. And now they're going to be on the Today Show next week. You never know like where the connection is going to happen, whether it's me walking into a store or me sampling a really like a new food item at a friend's house. You know, I have to live. I have to live an inspired, creative life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Because of the very high level of creativity that's demanded from my job, I'm always looking at new things, always looking for new voices, always looking to highlight interesting and fun stories. And when, by the way, when you get to write, get to know my beat, what I cover, my tenor, my tone, my passion, I then, again, like follow you when you open the storefront, when you have a new product, when you have something new to share, when you do a collab with another, maybe a bigger brand that's going to like, yeah. and that, that is helpful for me to like propel your, your voice onto a screen. So it, it's kind of like a mutual, like you kind of end up following each other. And that's true also for official publicists who might be listening. Like I follow you when you go from one firm to another, to when you open your own firm, to when you start a podcast. So as much as I am a storyteller, I like to also create stories with people too. And that's part of the yeah. journey. Yeah. It's all about seeing life through an abundant point of view, because when you look like Brene Brown says, when you look for ways you don't belong, you'll always find it. But if you shift your perspective mm. and create opportunities and see everything as opportunities, it's just going to start coming to you, right? I mean, you know this because mm -hmm. it's all about how you see things. So thank you so much for giving us so much. I think I'm going to make this a two-part episode because we just covered so much that this is going to be one that people have to come back to. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for just being like so knowledgeable and being in this industry for so long with all the changes. How can people find you and follow you and hear about what you're working on? It's very nice of you to ask, actually. Thank you. I am available across all socials at Amy E. Goodman. It's my website. It's basically everything. And I do respond to DMs. So definitely you can reach out. I'm not a journalist, by the way, who's super active on Twitter. I might be one of the only ones who's not, but Instagram for sure is probably the best way to DM me. And I also want to thank you so much for shedding your love and light on undervoiced communities it is so beautiful the work that you do. And as you know, from trying to nail me down for this interview, I'm so sorry, Gloria. <laughs> I'm extremely selective about where I'm able to share my passion and my time because I always want to give 150%. Or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, let's round up to 200. <laughs> yeah, 200%. And, but in listening to your work in reporting a little bit about you and hearing your story from DC straight and to PR hood. And there are so many things that I just really, really resonated with me. And I'm so grateful for what you do for our mutual communities and other communities, Latinx and other BIPOC communities. And I know that I also do, you know, transgender communities and they, them in increasing the space for people to be able to tell their stories. They better mimic the real world in which we are living in. So yeah. thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you so much for being here. 
Hey, small business hero, did you know that you can get featured for free on outlets like Forbes, The New York Times, Marie Claire, Pop Sugar, and so many more, even if you're not yet launched or if you don't have any connections? That's right. That's why I invite you to watch my PR Secrets Masterclass, where I reveal the exact methods thousands of bootstrapping small businesses use to hack their own PR and go from unknown to being a credible and sought after industry expert. Now, if you want to land your first press feature, get on a podcast, secure a VIP speaking gig, or just reach out to that very intimidating editor, this class will show you exactly how to do it. Register now at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. That's gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. So you can get featured in 30 days without spending a penny on ads or agencies. Best of all, this is completely free. So get in there and let's get you featured.